Welcome back, listeners. In today's episode, we're returning to the MCU with an insider's look at Marvel Studios' Miss Marvel. If you haven't yet seen the show, Miss Marvel introduces us to Kumala Khan, a Muslim-American teenager growing up in Jersey City. She's an avid gamer and a fan fiction writer, and just like us, Kumala is a superhero mega fan, particularly when it comes to Captain Marvel. Iman Vellani is infectious in this show. You can't help but adore her in this role. Miss Marvel is by far the world's most relatable superhero. Who better to tell us more than our first guest? We're talking to the show's producer and writer, Senna Aminat. Welcome, Senna. Hello, thank you for having me. So excited to have you here. Okay, so right from the first episode, I love how this series captures the essence of a super fan. We truly find that in Kamala's character with her love of the Avengers. So that leads me to wonder about you, though. Since you're a co-creator of this character in the comics, when did your Marvel fandom start? Probably when I was around um, eight years old. I mean, I have brothers who collected comics, but for me, it was like the X-Men cartoons from the 90s that really did me in because I just love those. I watch them every Saturday morning and just I love the animation. I love the characters. And it was all cool superheroics, but it was really just like a bunch of kids just figuring out their powers and and feeling like they didn't belong in society. And I think ultimately that's why I've always gravitated towards Marvel. And kind of from there, I mean, I never dreamed I would have a job working at Marvel. I kind of didn't expect it. A crazy dream come true. <laughs> so cool. I remember the X-Men series too. Wolverine, I remember actually stands out. So it's cool that you mentioned that one. It's so cool. <laughs> It's just the cool, and it's like the best soundtrack. Like, why is that music so good? Like to this day, it's still one of like the best openings to a show ever. I'm already getting some like vibes of Kamala Khan from you, like the fandom, the energy. <laughs> I like it already. So clearly, all of that energy, that passion, it all led to creating Miss Marvel. So take us back to what it was like creating the Miss Marvel comic, and what was important to you as you crafted her. You know, I think it was it was one of those things where. It, we were just sort of, I mean, it's easy to play in comics, right? Like we pitched this idea and, you know, our bosses were like, oh yeah, absolutely. This feels like Peter Parker, go for it. And Willow and I, um, G. Willow Wilson, the writer who created Kamala with me, we so wanted to make sure that she felt like real and authentic, but also not like a stereotypical character, of course, or stereotypical Muslim character. But at the same time, we weren't trying to like give educational lessons on don't worry, guys, Muslims are good. You don't have to worry about us. Like we just wanted to kind of have have her be fun and weird and real and and like us, like, you know, she was a Willow's also a nerd and she also was like, you know, into fandom. And so I think that's really what we wanted to make sure that we retained was like this sort of realness to her and this this quality that you felt like not only did you know her, but you were probably her. That's really what we wanted to have in her. We wanted to make sure that she wasn't and that she was like funny and weird and not like and and not just constantly moping and being like, whoa, whoa is me and who am I and what is my world like? Yeah, she's got her mopey moments. Sure, she's a teenager, <laughs> but she's also just a kid who is just trying to go hang out with friends and go to parties and, you know, really wonders what bacon tastes like. I think all those things are just makes her so cute. It, we have to call it out that it's amazing what a feat this is, though, that you are a co-creator of the comic and we're like just around 10 years and now we're seeing her in a live action series like that is an amazing feat. So congratulations in that. I imagine, though, like that shift from comic 
to a live action series comes with a lot of decisions. So what was important to you to retain and what was also important to update as you were adapting the comic into a series? You know, I love the comic so much for so many reasons. We had such an amazing creative team working on it. And so for me personally, I just wanted to make sure the essence of the comics was there and really bringing in just little pops and hits and things that were linked to the comic book that if it, they weren't there in the script, I was like, can we get this? Can we guess? Can we try to get these thing, yeah. elements in there? You know, even if it's just like little references or phrases or visuals, you know, I'd run to the production designer. I'm like, uh, can we just make sure we get the, you know, GMOs in the background somewhere here? And he's like, don't worry, I got it. And, you know, everyone's <laughs> excited about it. So Visually, that was important. You know, all these elements, of course, those hints. But of course, tonally, we wanted to make sure that the the comic felt fully realized in a different way with the live action show. And I think we did that with the animation. I think that we did that with the colors. Um, And, you know, Adil and Bilal, our directors, really push for a distinct visual style with their camera work. And then, of course, the music. I think all of these brought the essence of the comics, but transformed it in a different way. Obviously, the music, I think, made it a little bit more edgier and global because we can't do music in comics, obviously. And so, you know, our composer, Laura, and all of the great musicians that she's worked in, worked with um, some incredible South Asian musicians, all the different artists we got for the soundtrack, just some so many cool elements that have made this feel fully transformed and real and relevant and modern and yet timeless, if I can say so. Uh, Kind of all of those things that we're very, very proud of. And hopefully I think people are going to respond to very well. I think I answered your question, right? I think I got, (laughs) I think I, I don't know. I'm just excited to talk about the show. I love it. I love it. Like I said, you really embody like the (laughs) excitement, the energy, the passion. You mentioned it right there though. Like this world, it's so vibrant. Like I love the animation style that you mentioned. She's a teenager, right? And so this world that she inhabits has like a little bit of angst, but like, she just has like such a passion for being a fan. And I love that. So that leads me to ask, I mean, Aman Vellani, she's joyous. When did you know she was the one? Like she really seems to embody this character just from like a passion of being an Avengers fan. But how did you know? Like when was that moment for you guys? I mean, honestly, it was almost immediate. Uh, I think she was always very, very special to us. I mean, Sarah Finn and Krista, who saw our casting directors, were like, she's special. She's unique. You got to make sure you look at this girl, you talk to her. You know, we got to maintain her as a contender. And, you know, there were starts and stops in the casting process because of the pandemic. She was always a front runner, honestly. And when we had our screen test with her, there was just something so special and unique about, uh, you know, how lovable and quirky she was and also how she had a spirit that was beyond her years. I think that's that's what I love about Iman is that she is such a huge Marvel fan in her own. Like she was Kamala fully realized in, in life. Like she's such a fan and she knows probably more about the Marvel universe than like anyone I met and potentially even Kevin. Sorry, Kevin, but she might. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She's got child that she challenges him all the time. So I think that is um, really lovely to see. And, and I think people are going to really love her because she's just, she's like all of us, you know, she's, she's just such a real person. What you see is really who Iman is. (laughs) I love that though. And I think it just really, it's interwoven so beautifully with your own story of how you grew up loving Marvel and like the series that you would watch. And it's so cool that you're here now creating this series. Just one last question for you. Did you ever have a moment during the series that you kind of like fangirled out where you realized like I was a part of, you know, the origin of this character and here I am. And can you tell us just about that moment? 
honestly, I've had a lot of moments, like really crazy emotional moments where I'm like, this is happening. This is real. I can't believe this is real. I mean, obviously the first day on set was one of them, but when Iman put on her super suit and was on the lamppost for the first time, that was probably one of the biggest days for me because I was so moved that it, it was real, that people had put a lot of time and money and effort into this show. And it was just this crazy idea, you know, eight years ago, seven years ago, whatever time it was when we were filming and suddenly it's real and she's a real person and there's people here and hundreds of people around making this happen. That was amazingly surreal. And there was one other moment that I can never talk about until the show wraps that it was also one of my favorite moments. So that's a little sneak peek for you. I love it. You leave us wanting more. Thank you so much for joining us today and for telling us about Miss Marvel, the series. We're so excited for it. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was lovely talking to you. Next, let's toss it to Hunter from our Disney Movie Insiders Presents team, who spoke with Aramis Knight about his character, Red Dagger. Take it away, Hunter. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Aramis. We want to keep it spoiler free for those who haven't seen the show yet, but tell us a little bit about your character on the show. Yeah, I play Kareem or Red Dagger or Lal Kanjir, depending who you are. I'm a vigilante crime fighter born and raised in Karachi, Pakistan. I've dedicated my life to a secret society called the Red Daggers uh, that's led by Farhan Akhtar, uh, Walid. And we help keep the streets of Karachi clean, as well as fight against the dangers of the unseen, which in this case are the clandestines. Kamala and I develop a, a super close relationship, sort of mentor-mentee type of thing, but also, you know, we're, we're very young and a bit charmed by one another. Uh, but it was, it was amazing being able to, to play Cream and, and create this whole new character with a new dialect from a new place. What a cool character. I'd love yeah. to know a little bit more about what it was like for you to get that role. What was the audition process like? Yeah. So I auditioned for the show. It's got to be like two and a half years ago now. Didn't hear anything about it for months, months and months. And I was in Colorado visiting family. I got a call from Sarah Finn that they wanted me to test literally the next week. So I said, okay, great. Sounds good. A day later, I get a call from my manager telling me, oh, well, they want you to speak Urdu and have a Pakistani accent. I was like, okay, you know, I'd done it before. So I was like, uh, I'd never done it like, you know, on screen, but uh, I'd done the accent before sort of, you know, mimicking my grandmother or my cousins or, you know, just from hearing them, I I knew I had a pretty good idea for what the accent was. Uh, Went in, tested, kind of knew I was going to get it, did a martial arts test and all that. I have some background in martial arts. So they were super impressed by that and caters towards Red Dagger really well. Uh, and then, uh, within the month I was told that, uh, I was a part of the show, uh, but I didn't know exactly which character I was going to be yet. I was the first person actually attached to Miss Marvel, which was super cool. Um, and originally I was just attached to Miss Marvel, didn't know which character I was going to play, didn't know what role. And luckily, you know, I ended up with cream, which was like the one I wanted. I wanted to be red dagger. So, uh, it all worked out perfectly. I'm just curious, how familiar were you with that character, Red Dagger, Kareem? Well, I I was familiar after I got the audition because through some digging, uh, you know, I knew it was a Marvel project. I knew South Asian representation. You know, if you look up Marvel and Pakistan, you know, the first thing that comes up is Miss Marvel. And Mm. as I was scrolling through the pictures of the comics online, I came across this character called Kareem. And I kind of had an inkling that that's what I was uh, auditioning for, but I didn't know anything about him before the auditioning process. And then once I started to audition, I, I knew I had a really good chance just because of 
how much we look alike, you know, how many similarities we share. And then on top of it, having martial arts background, it just felt like there was no one else that could play it but me. I completely agree with you. Thank you. You, you touched on, you mentioned your grandmother. I, I'd love to know a little bit more about what it means to you to be joining this awesome cast and telling these new stories. Yeah, I mean, I always like, in my life, I always like to try new things, new things that are challenging, uh, new things that might make people uncomfortable. You know, you're doing something right if, you know, you're making people question things. And nobody questioned the entertainment industry for the longest time. You know, I started as a five-year-old actor. You know, I was, wow. it was 2004. So I'm very well aware of the whitewashed entertainment industry. I had to wear rash guards when I was a kid. All these things that I, you know, appeared as white as possible. And it was always a, a big obstacle between me and booking the roles that I wanted to book. So now that I'm seeing diversity kind of come into the chat in the, in the entertainment industry, it's, it's great for me. And then to be a part of a show that's really pioneering South Asian representation on a mainstream platform, it's, uh, it's, it's a dream come true. And I know my grandma is, is really proud and, and all my family back home can't even believe it. And, and my, my dad and my mom feels like I'm honoring my family. Wow. They should be so proud. Yeah. I love that. Well, uh, Aramis, while I have you here, we want to know a little bit more about your Disney fandom. So are are you ready to take on the Insider Five? I think so. (laughs) I think so too. (laughs) First question, what is your earliest memory of being a Disney movie fan? Growing up, um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Uh, my aunt nicknamed me Dopey because I had very wide ears as a child and a very big head. So some of my earliest memories are going to Disneyland and, and being called Dopey by my cousin and my aunt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question two. You're invited to a Disney-themed costume party. Who or what do you dress as? Ooh. Okay. Honestly, probably, uh, I forget his name, the guy from Ratatouille. Ratatouille is one of my favorite movies. Oh, Linguini. Linguini, yes, yeah. <laughs> I would be Linguini, 100%. I'd come in my chef hat and uh, maybe get a little mouse as a prop or something. Oh, I love that. Linguini is a fun word to say, too. Yeah, true. <laughs> okay, it's Disney karaoke night. What song do you sing? Ooh. Oh, you just brought up such a such an awful memory. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, it, it's actually not that awful. Uh, I had auditioned for Aladdin years back, the live-action Aladdin. Oh. I had auditioned and I received the callback, but in the callback, they wanted me to sing A Whole New World. And I'm not much of a singer at all. So when I went in and I auditioned, I was like, okay, my read went pretty well. And then A Whole New World comes around and I'm singing A Whole New World. And the casting directors are just looking at me like, (laughs) so then afterward, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm like not much of a singer. And they're like, yeah, we could tell. (laughs) It was, it was pretty embarrassing. So I guess A Whole New World, I guess, against that callback. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. Okay, cool. If you could only ride one ride at a Disney park all day, which would it be? I think either Splash Mountain or Pirates of the Caribbean. Those are my two favorite rides. I'm not even kidding. Those are great choices. Oh, no, 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 no. I have it. Soaring Over the World. Oh, wow. Soaring Over the World is the one. Yeah, the scope of that ride is incredible. Okay, which Disney character has the best life advice and what is it? And it it could be someone from your show as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a certain quote. Well, you know, this is this is kind of on the nose and but it's it's true. Uh, Good is not something you do. It's something you are. 
I think the uh, Leif says that in Miss Marvel, and I think that that landed with me a lot because I think, you know, every day in in life, like to me, a good person is someone who makes people smile, makes people feel important, and doing good is is not something you do; it's it's something you are. What a what a great message to end on. Thank you so much, Aramis. This was great. Thank you, Hunter. That's our show. Marvel Studios' Miss Marvel is now streaming on Disney Plus, so you don't miss any upcoming podcast episodes. Subscribe and follow Disney Movie Insiders Presents. And while you're there, we'd love it if you gave us a rating and review. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com or our app and enter bonus code JERSEY. The code expires July 26, 2022 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Time. Membership is required. Limit one redemption per account. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com for terms and conditions. We'll catch you next time, Insiders, with more Disney Movie Magic.